Speaking of Travel is sponsored by the Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. And when you fly home, you're home. Plan your next trip at flyavl.com. Appalachian Realty. If you're looking for a home in Asheville and Western North Carolina, they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit AppalachianRealty.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 101.1 FM The Revolution. And be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website. That's speakingoftravel.net. And you can sign up for the Speaking of Travel Travel Club to receive the latest travel tips and travel news and beautiful photos. It's really a lot of fun. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on that Speaking of Travel website, speakingoftravel.net, and on the iHeartRadio app iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. And be sure to follow Speaking of Travel on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Well, you know, over the years of hosting Speaking of Travel, I've come to discover there is a common truth around traveling, and that is that most people at some point in their life are going to have an urge to travel. It could be a road trip to the Grand Canyon or maybe wanting to lie on a warm beach in the dead of winter or maybe take a gap year or even longer journey. There are so many reasons to decide to travel, but usually it begins with an urge. For me, I love to travel because it mixes things up and I end up down new paths with so many wonderful memories. Well, my guest today, Melissa Reardon and her husband are people who love to travel. I love hearing their stories about where they've been. And I'll tell you what, Melissa is lucky enough to be the editor-in-chief of WNC Magazine, which is a regional lifestyle publication that captures the wonder of one of the most beautiful places in the world, the North Carolina mountains. And Ryan is the executive director of the Asheville Music School. You guys are like the power couple in Asheville, I'll tell you what. (laughs) Welcome to Speaking of Travel. I'm so glad to have you here today. Thanks so much for having us, Marilyn. Yes, happy to be here. Thanks. Thank you. So Melissa and I go back quite some time and we've talked about travel many times and of course I'm a big fan of WNC magazine and love reading road trip stories and seeing those beautiful luscious photog- you know photos of mm-hmm. beautiful destinations but you guys love to travel also and go all over the world and I want to find out a little bit more about like where that urge came from so Melissa let's start with you were you a traveling kid when you were growing up um, not so much when I was a kid, but um, in college, I took a trip to Europe. My aunt took me to Europe, and it just <clears throat> it sparked the travel bug. So uh, when I graduated from college um, and was trying to get a job in art and wasn't working, I decided that I wanted to become a freelance travel writer. And my mom about fell out. <laughs> she thought I was just insane. So... Um, 
But I, I, I did. I started to travel and write um, and then landed a job with WNC Magazine. So my travel is uh, for work is limited to Western North Carolina, but I am doing what I love to do. And then uh, Ryan and I both really enjoy, to tra- enjoy traveling. So we do – we usually try to go on one big trip a year. Uh, but even before we met, we were both traveling. We've been on – Various continents. We've both been to Af- Africa together and separate a couple of different times. Mm-hmm. We've both been through Europe. I've been to Australia, New Zealand, and Fiji, and mm-hmm. we've been through Central America. The only places we have not hit, I think, are South America and Asia, which we're hoping to do Asia sometime in the future. Mm-hmm. And Ryan, what about you? Did you grow up traveling? Were you a, a, a traveling kid? A lot of road trips in Dodge caravans. To uh, to grow up in Buffalo in Western New York, and my grandparents lived on Long Island, so we would go every year. We would drive across the state of New York and uh, wind up uh, outside New York City, and then just travel. You know, going to Yankee games and going to sporting events in the city, and going to the beach every day we could, and. And also, my parents love to drive from Buffalo, New York, all the way to Florida. About every year, every other year, <laughs> they were uh, they were very consistent in where they wanted to go. <laughs> all right, we're going to Long Island, and we're going to Florida. I was like, okay. I mean, as a kid, that was great. But um, so it, it both things it gave me that uh, instilled that like that love of traveling and road trips and. But it also made me want to go other places other than <laughs> Long Island and Florida. Um, and then playing, uh, being a musician, like you know, one of the things you want to do is travel and connect with people. So they they really just they kind of go hand in hand for me. So tell us a little bit about being a musician. You is that something you've done throughout your lifetime? Yes, um, yeah, really. You know, when you're growing up, you're like, what am I supposed to do with my life? And you know, it's like, well, I'm I'm good at this. I'm good at playing music. I've been playing since I was, you know teenager and so i just kept going with it really and that sort of led me to you know connecting with other people playing in bands of course but also studying in college my bachelor's and master's in in music and um it (laughs) yeah it was just a natural natural fit like connecting with people playing in different bands throughout the years tour going on tours building tours and um, figuring out where where the right place to travel was, where to bring this music, where should we bring this? Who's going to like this music? It all kind of, it all goes together in, you know, things that I'm passionate about. That's so great. Yeah. He studied a lot of West African music and then <clears throat> previous bands, uh, Afromotive was a band out of Asheville years ago and then Zanza and they toured around the country actually. So yeah. 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 I had a, um, there was a West African from Ghana that was teaching West African drums and drumming in uh, Western New York. Where I went to college at Fredonia State University, and we uh, we just met, connected, learned a lot from him. And then years later, when I was at Ithaca College, he also came there. <laughs> so I met, re, you know, met him again, and through Ithaca College, um, which is also where Cornell is in Ithaca, New York, they um, we. Got to travel to Ghana and go to his his compound. That was my first big you know, trip to Africa, and 
that just sort of set me off on this brand new path of studying and enjoying and loving and sharing uh, West African music. That is so great. Yeah. You know, and, and what I was talking about in the uh, in the opening, just getting this urge, you know, and you have these moments where you just wake up and what a, uh, you know, fortunate for both of you, you love to write and, and can write about travel and, and you're uh, involved in music and passionate about music. I mean, what better between writing and traveling and music? You've mm-hmm. got it all going on, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. We've had to work hard to make money to travel because uh, the t- the creative fields don't. There's <laughs> always there's always trip. something, right? <laughs> yeah. Like it's never easy. But you do plan. In fact, you both are uh, incredible planners. I want to talk to you about this last journey that you took to Spain. Um, And we'll get started talking about that because it sounds like you've been all over. You've gone to Africa, you've gone to Australia, you've been all over. But this trip to Spain was like, wow. And and it looks like uh, you guys really are micromanaging (laughs) in how you put together a trip, which is really cool. In fact, you sent me the, uh, your, your kind of spreadsheet and I thought, man, that could make a book. (laughs) You had a little pictures in there. We hope we we don't over micromanage it. We, you know, we want to save room for that, uh, the spontaneity that is a big part of travel. (laughs) Yeah, we definitely have a lot of flexibility, but the thing with our trip to Spain, so we spent two and a half weeks in Spain, and um, when we and this was in March, uh, which I would probably have chosen a warmer time to go, but this was just when it worked out for both of us to get as much time off as we needed. So when we started researching the trip, we found like, oh my gosh, well we can't miss this, we can't miss this, we have to go here, we have to do this. We ended up covering um, nine cities. In two and a half weeks, we had uh, three in-country flights, two car rentals, and one train to cover that much ground. Um, <laughs> and it was a little bit crazy. Like, we had moments where we were like, like our connecting flight to fly back to the U.S., we had an hour layover in Barcelona to catch our international flight. We were running through the airport. (laughs) That's Uh, always such an adventure when you're (laughs) hightailing it from one terminal to the next. Yeah. So to get to the different places was tricky. But once we got to a place... um, we almost had to pull out our book and be like, what well, What are we supposed to do here? I can't remember. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, when we come back from the break, let's pick up right there because I want to – there was so much to cover. Obviously, you had two and a half weeks. We've got an hour. So <laughs> let's, get, let's get right back to it when we come back from the break. Melissa Reardon and, and Ryan Reardon, thank you both so much for being on the show today. I'm excited to hear about this trip. I love Spain. It's one of my favorite places. Thanks, Me too. Thanks. Yeah. 
With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Every year, Elida Home works hard to make the holidays a special time for the children in our care. We try to fill each child's wish list and have a huge campus-wide holiday party. For most of these children and youth, the gifts they receive from community sponsors are the only gifts they'll get for Christmas. When you sign up to sponsor a child for the holidays, you'll receive a wish list that the child created. Wish lists include the child's favorite things, clothing sizes, and most needed and wanted items. To be matched with a child, please contact Nora Sheff at nsheff at elida.org or call 828-254-5356, extension 303. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, let me see. What spring is like. I'm here in the studio today talking to Melissa and Ryan Reardon. I can actually not have to say Reardon two times since you're married. <laughs> so how long have you guys been married anyway? Um, almost seven years. And we dated for five years before that. So we've been together for a little over a decade. Wow, that's awesome. And, and you've been traveling together quite a bit in that time mm-hmm. yeah yeah so how did you decide we were talking before the break about your big spain trip how did you decide that that was the destination and then start to plan that that itinerary <laughs> um well we're both foodies um and Ryan had a real interest in going to Spain, and it didn't take much to get me on board. I've been to a number of cities and uh, and countries in Europe, but I'd, neither of us had never really ex- explored Spain. So um, it was kind of—I turned 40 in last December, so it was an excuse to— Spend a little extra money and make it really kind of special. So. <laughs> I don't. My wife likes to use that term "foodie." I never really know what that means, and I, don't, <laughs> I never really use that term. So. Um, but um, but you do hear it tossed out a lot. Um, but it's uh, I just find it funny. But um, yeah, definitely the love of food and travel and what that what that really means. You know what what the food means to the people and the culture and how that all works together like that. That sense of that sense of place and time that is like it's uh, you know it's unexplainable. You can't uh, you have to be there. You have to you have to experience that. So how did you decide? Uh, because you did have such an extensive uh, planning itinerary, and I know that anybody who travels, you can have the most detailed. We're going to go here, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, but. 
we all know when you travel, anything can happen and mm-hmm. things come up. But give us an idea of how you began the research. I mean, Spain's a big country. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. lots going mm-hmm. on, and it sounds like you hit a lot of the top things. But how did you kind of start to plan how you were going to approach doing this country? Mm-hmm. Um a lot of times um, we start with just Googling photos of places, <laughs> and then we're like, ooh, we really want to go there. Um, I always like to buy a uh, travel book. I like Lonely Planet. Uh, and so I start reading about a place, and planning is part is a big part of the fun of going. Um, so as we read about places, um, you start to kind of see, like, where you want to go, we started a Google Doc because we were both doing research, and we would just dump like information about and links, helpful links to some of the places. And then as we um, started thinking about how much time you might need in a specific place, you start to look at distances between locations and how doable is it? Does the train only run on Sunday? Is that your only ticket mm-hmm. to go there? You know, that type of thing. Is it quicker to buy a plane ticket, how how inexpensive are plane tickets. So we started to build it like that and think about going from one place to another and how to get there and stuff. And once we got there, we just had – so everything got dumped on that Google Doc. So, like, it was an 11-page Google Doc. It's a little <laughs> ridiculous. But um, it had all of our information for train tickets and plane tickets so that we wouldn't forget it because that stuff when you're planning months out in advance it can easily get lost and buried in emails Sorry. and when you need your you know confirmation numbers for hotels and all of that stuff that's where all that went and kind of our our, our big kind of our MO for this trip was to because there is so much to to see like we could you know end up just spiraling around the country, but we kind of figured out, we boiled it down after we did all this dumping of information. <laughs> we boiled it down to, all right, where do we want to stay? Where do we want to be? You know, and find finding some really cool neighborhoods in, in Barcelona, for instance, like, all right, what neighborhood do we want to stay in that we can, we can branch out from there? That was, once we realized that was a good way to do it, that really kind of set the whole vibe of the trip, you know? And it helped. <laughs> That's such a great idea because I actually had somebody ask me just the other day uh, in regard to when you travel, you know, do you like to stay in hotels or do you like to stay in, uh, you know, stay with people? And and I, like you, like to stay in a neighborhood. I yeah. like to find – I like to be in a neighborhood where I know I can just walk to local yep. restaurants yeah. and local things. And it really is refreshing because you get to know the the community, Mm-hmm. Yep. And these these old we pretty much stayed in the old city neighborhoods of these of these big cities where you could walk to everything, which is great. And then how long? So how long? You knew you were going for two and a half weeks. Like you start with your big the as I always it's like that jar analogy where you put in your big stones and is it full? No, you can put in the sand mm-hmm. or the pebbles and then you put in mm-hmm. the water and it's still not. Did you? So I would imagine that starting with your big rocks would be here's our timeline. Mm-hmm. How do we fill in that time? Yeah, because we wanted to cover so much of the country. Um, yeah, I mean, there was more that we could do, but at the same time, I, I think that you can get 
it can be too packed where you need a vacation from your vacation when you get back. So we were definitely very conscious of that and trying to make sure that the distances between were doable and easy and we'd have time to like pull over and enjoy the places where we were and the scenery and stuff. So um, it it's just a bit of logistical planning, but I really enjoy that kind of thing. And it's well, it pays off in the long run, too. Yeah, because you get to cover more ground. You get to see more stuff. And, I mean, yeah. yeah. yeah we, had a, uh, we had a friend that we met in Spain um, that had his – all he had when he left was were his flight numbers. <laughs> that, that was it. And, like, a name of a hostel or something. And that's great. Like, people – some people like to travel like that. And it, that's, that's fine, too. You know, that's one way to do it. But he got there and just – I had no idea what to do, <laughs> you know. So it it could be cool if you like if you just want to fly by the seat of your pants. That's great. You know, I know he had a good time, but there were a few moments he was like, "Yeah, I just I should I should know what I'm gonna do tomorrow. I have no idea. I'm just kind of floating around and wandering around." <laughs> you know. Yeah, I like the idea of having some kind of a yeah. little bit of structure that yes. you know yeah. where you're gonna go. Yeah. So, where, tell us where you started. How how did you decide at least where are we gonna? Where's our jumping off point? Well, <clears throat> that's pretty easy because it depends on um, – well, you have to look at, like, the big major cities that you're flying into, and the plane tickets kind of dictate that. But um, we knew we knew Barcelona, but one of the big things that we hinged our trip around a little – was Las Fias Festival in Valencia. Um, when we realized that, that our trip was going to coincide with this – Massive festival that I think originated in medieval times. It's a like Burning Man meets Macy's Day Parade meets New Orleans Mardi Gras. It mm. is huge, and it's four days every year um, all over the city of Valencia. So it happens in um, like March 15th, 16th, 17th, something in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we, we definitely looped that into the tail end of the trip. We decided to start in Barcelona – we went north to San Sebastian, which is a very food-oriented city in the Basque country, and we headed south and went all the way down through Lake Rioja region, passed through Madrid for an afternoon and went down to Sevilla, uh, which was gorgeous, and did the whole Andalusia region. Then we took a plane to Valencia for Las Fias Festival and then uh, back to Barcelona. So, I'll tell you, that is one... <laughs> Itinerary that got you <laughs> really covering yeah. uh, some key places. And when we come back from the break, I want to talk more, too, about this festival because mm-hmm. I Googled it and did some research, and I just could not believe that they do that over the course of those days. I'll just kind of give you a, a hint. They build these wooden structures all over town, right? Massive. They're stories tall. They cost, they're very expensive, and then they burn them. And then they burn them. (laughs) And there's fireworks and so much. So when we come back, I want to talk about about that and, you know, and and also talk a little bit about both of you are, I mean, you've got the music. I'm sure you're always tuned in to what's going on in these countries with music and, and for you, writing and, you know, you... I, I, I'm interested to to hear from your story how uh, the sights and the sounds and the people and the tastes all kind of assimilate with who you are as people 
and the people that you met. So, Melissa and Ryan, thank you both so much for being on the show. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. We'll be back. real estate company success is a reflection of its attention and care provided to its clients. Appalachian Realty Associates are proven to have the best agents around. And if you're looking for a place in Asheville and Western North Carolina, they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. This is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. Airports and airplanes are filled with busy travelers, especially this time of year. And this is also a time of year when nasty bugs are traveling with us. Air travel is at an all-time high, and there is often little time in between flights to prepare the inside of the airplanes for the next group of travelers. So come prepared. Bring a travel-sized packet of disinfecting wipes with you and take a moment to wipe down the tray table, safety card, overhead light and air controls, and any other surface you will be touching. A travel-sized container of hand sanitizer is also advisable. By keeping your hands clean, you reduce your risk of contracting an unwanted illness during your travels. Thanks for listening. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. As newcomers flocked to Asheville over the last 50 years, they joined with locals to breathe new energy into the city. Marilyn Ball traces the bonds of community that give rise to Asheville today in her book, The Rise of Asheville, an exceptional history of community building. It's available at Malaprops, Barnes & Noble, Loft on Broadway, and Amazon.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on... Well, it's time to catch up with our favorite travel enthusiast, Doc Lawrence. Today, Doc has traversed the Gourmet Highway over to Bardstown, Kentucky. Hey, Doc. You know, I heard Rand McNally and USA Today declared Bardstown the most beautiful small town in America. You need to tell us more. Marilyn, I am in Kentucky again. This time... Not Louisville, but Bardstown, about a half an hour or so from Louisville, but it's different as night is from today. You know, Marilyn, I've always loved Kentucky bourbon, and some years back, I was awarded the distinction of being a Kentucky colonel. You can call me Colonel Doc Lawrence anytime you want to. That's a badge I wear proudly. But more about Bardstown. The holidays have already really started here, maybe a few days early, but this city, which USA Today designated as America's most beautiful small town, seems to celebrate something 365 days a year. There's always a festival. There's always optimism. There's always music. And yes, there's always bourbon. Listen to this, Marilyn. There are nine legendary distilleries in Bardstown. This is where the Bourbon Festival is held each year. A little anecdote about bourbon that's worth noting. 
Maryland in 1789, a Baptist minister named Elijah Craig developed bourbon, one of the signature distilled spirits of America, and we have been a happy people ever since then. Maryland, I came here to eat, to rest, to learn, and to listen. And every now and then doing that, you get a little hungry. Some of my favorite places have been Mammy's Kitchen, Cotton Steakhouse, and yes, I do have a favorite, the Old Talbot Tavern. If you've got a soul, you will love this place. Wherever I go in Bardstown, an old-fashioned cocktail is just a request away. This may be America's first cocktail, and it's worth thinking about what's in it. Now, I'm going to share a secret with you, Marilyn, and for all the listeners. This is a simple cocktail, but when you make it, it makes you happy. You need bourbon, two jiggers of it, a burnt orange peel, some simple syrup, and a dash of Angostura bitters. This is what I have each day here at sunrise in Kentucky, and they call this the Kentucky Eye-Opener. Maryland, the B&Bs in Bardstown are as old as the Declaration of Independence itself. So many to choose from, but I have to recommend some. The Kentucky Bourbon House Inn, the Bourbon Manor, and Eagle Hall Manor are worthy of your money and your time. They are simply charming and lovely. Things to do in Bardstown, where to begin? There's the Oscar Getz Museum of Whiskey History. There are two Civil War museums here that will take up a day. And I like to finish off a day here with my unforgettable experience at the Abbey of Gethsemane. This is a Trappist monastery, and it is the burial place of the fabled theologian Thomas Burton. The gift shop here has no parallel, Marilyn. It is loaded with fine baked goods, artisan jellies and jams, all kinds of candies, and a whole lot of love. Then there's the Stephen Foster State Park, and I don't know that Stephen Foster ever came to Bardstown, but really, I'm kind of a newcomer myself, but I can sing out loud a chorus of my old Kentucky home. I don't let the stares of strangers bother me one bit. It's a beautiful song. It's my way of honoring the lovely Bluegrass State. Well, Maryland, you know, I got to head back to Atlanta, and I'm not that far from the Louisville airport, so I think it's about time to say goodbye to Bardstown and pledge to come back again soon. So this is Doc Lawrence from Maryland Ball, and speaking of travel, on the Gourmet Highway in Bardstown, Kentucky, saying so long for now, and I hope to see you in your city soon. Doc, sounds like whatever you need to get away from, a visit to Bardstown is just what the doctor ordered. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm ready to pack my bags and head over there myself. So we'll catch up with you next week. Bye for now. And remember, you can follow Doc's journey on the Gourmet Highway by visiting thegourmethighway.com. Well, another place you could visit is Spain, and I'm here with Melissa and Ryan Reardon. We're talking about this epic trip. I think we could definitely say this was an epic trip, right? Definitely. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you covered so much ground. You went to so many different places. You, What were you saying? You had... Um, 
two and a half weeks, three in-country flights, two car rentals, and a train. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's like cars, trains, airplanes. <laughs> yeah. It's a movie just waiting to be had. <laughs> so tell us about tell us a little bit more about this festival in, in Valencia. Valencia. Yeah. And where is Valencia? So it's on the eastern coast of Spain, about halfway up south of Barcelona. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, And it's, uh, I think, where paella originated. And um, but they have this festival there every year in March called Las Fias. It's a big fire festival. they basically build these um, – so neighborhoods come together – well, let me back up even and just say this festival started in medieval times as um, I think carpenters and artisans around the city would um, burn wood and, and things like that around the spring equinox to kind of celebrate the arrival of spring. So that's kind of how it started. And then I think as Christianity came into play um, – it became a uh, a festival that was to St. Joseph, which is a, the patron saint of carpenters. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> so over all these years, it has evolved. It is massive. It's one of the largest festivals in Spain. It takes over the entire city, and they basically block off the entire downtown. And this is a huge city. Um, we stayed right in the thick of all of it. They build um, these massive structures um, that they call ninots. They are stories tall. They might cost up to 300,000 to build. Yeah. Neighborhoods come together and will fundraise throughout the year for these ninots to be built. Um, so there's a year of planning that goes into it, fundraising, and then each neighborhood has a large one and then a small one that represents the children of the neighborhood. So just to give you a sense of how large it is, there are over 700 of these structures all over the city, and they are elaborate, like very detailed. If you saw a picture of one of these, it looks like... um, a cartoon drawing or something. It doesn't so even look real. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just, and they, and, they could be, they could be political satire, uh, tributes, um, they could be historical, uh, comedy, uh, they could be serious. They could be dark. They could be really light and humorous, like kind of anything goes really, but they all have a, they all have a theme in some way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, awards that they give out for the best one. So the celebrations that take place around this festival uh, is ba- based in fireworks. There's a massive daytime fireworks display every day that uh, I was blown away by. It yeah. sounded like thundering drums, like a symphony of, of drums and horns. They have nighttime fireworks displays that are like the largest I've ever seen. They had a fireworks um, parade that was amazing, mm-hmm. <laughs> dark and amazing. Mm-hmm. And then at the le- and there's processions every day where um, hundreds of people from every neighborhood being represented march through the streets of Valencia to like music, drums. They happen all day long and into the night every day. And um, they're like 17 – they look like they're from the 1700s. Well, yeah, they're rep- different costumes throughout the history of Spain. And then they burn all of the structures at the very end of the festival. That is, is amazing. <laughs> that yep. is totally is- – 
insane. <laughs> I want to find out when we come back, too, because you mentioned that you you were right in the middle of all of this. You were mm-hmm. staying. And I want to find out how you even knew where to, to stay and getting a reservation mm-hmm. that far out. Mm-hmm. So, wow, thank you so much. I, I'm going to Google that and <laughs> do, do more research. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. We'll be right back. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. The fall issue of Blue Ridge Motorcycling Magazine is on the newsstands now. Read about rides that climb the Green River Staircase, follow the Tallulah Gorge, and ascend Bearwallow Mountain. Get your copy on newsstands now or subscribe at BlueRidgeMotorcyclingMagazine.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like. Well, I think you can figure out, if you haven't been to Spain, it's definitely a great place to to check it out, because Melissa and Ryan Reardon are here talking about their epic trip to Spain, and I'll tell you, listening to this description of the festival and... And and we're saying in the break that you had no idea really what to expect. Like you could see the pictures, you could even look at a video probably, but to be there. But tell me a little bit about – I know that when, when there's something, you know, the running of the bulls and some of these other gigantic festivals that are going on and events, how do you get a reservation? Uh, you know when you're going to go and when you're going to be there, but – how do you even know how to look for where to stay? Well, I we started by looking at where things were taking place. And granted, this festival took place all over the city, but there was one square that was like the culminating burn, the very last of the festivities. And so we decided to try and stay close to that. Um a lot of it was booked up by the time we were looking because things start to book. Uh, people book it a year out. I would imagine. Yeah, we were about six months out, I think. Yeah. So we did – it was tough to find something. But we finally found – we found some of the be- better deals, I think, through Airbnb. Um, 
And so we went that route and ended up staying basically right in the square. We could mm-hmm. see the last burn. We could see it from our balcony, which oh was my incredible. Gosh. And, you know, I think that was probably the most expensive stay. It was a splurge, but at the same time, we couldn't miss that festival. Right. Yeah. It was just such a unique and a, thing. Splurging, I think, is sometimes like acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. You're there. But I'm sure that there were other, uh, you know, let's go back, like backtrack to when you first got there. And as you started traveling around into the boss country and, you know, getting into the food and uh, tell us a little bit about um, what that was like as far as ordering the meals and, and trying new things and meeting new people who were you know who are making the food and doing the music and mm-hmm. all of all of the cultural part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, we uh, we got lucky at one point where we got to make the food, which was lovely. We uh, one of one of my favorite cities was Sevilla, Seville. We we got together with the chef in this cooking class and learned to make paella and a few other traditional dishes. And the uh, the Sevillans like to say that. They are the ones that created paella, by the way. Like, but Valencia. Anyway, longer story. But I thought that was kind of funny. Like, no, it came from came from us. We did it. But anyway, we um, we got to to make some paella, uh, which was great. Really seeing and other food in Sevilla too. You really get to feel it's in the south uh, southwestern part of the country, and you really start to feel down there in the Andalusia region the influence from North Africa coming up and the spices and the food and the diff different food than than is in northern spain and music as well flamenco music is sevilla and flamenco music go hand in hand and being a musician i just loved sevilla for all all of these many reasons and i never really realized that in the music in flamenco music and dance how close it is to a lot of uh, northern african music the uh, just the the phrasing the incantations um the way the dance and the music is all tied together. It's, uh, I don't know. Sevilla was a really special city to me for many reasons. <laughs> mm-hmm. All of that, like that culture and that sense of place and time, like really seeing and experiencing how all those things came together, the food, the music, the, the everything. It's really cool. I think in northern the northern areas of Spain, there's more influence from France. And then in the southern areas of Spain... There is definitely a major um, Northern African Islamic influence in both the food, um, the music and art and mm-hmm. the These architecture. Yeah, yeah there were some amazing. Seen, God, we haven't talked about the architecture in Spain yet. <laughs> well, do. Let's <laughs> so segue much. right uh, there. Yeah, go ahead. Well, let's see. That I guess one of the major highlights of our trip was going to Granada to see the Alhambra, which is a palace of sultans from dates back to I think the 13th century. Uh, it's been added onto. The place was massive, and every every inch of it was covered in either intricate geometric tile work or um, carved stucco. I, and I'm talking soaring, pat, like throne rooms. Every square inch was covered of this place. It was just amazing. You walked around with your jaw on the floor and your head tilted back. <laughs> um, and then seeing uh, 
Anthony Gaudi's masterpieces in Barcelona, of course, is uh, that's a must uh, if you go to mm-hmm. Spain and you go through Barcelona. That is absolutely a must. La Sagrada Familia is still under construction 136 years after it started, and it's still not finished. Yeah. And it, it it's a cathedral that is uh, inspired by nature and the light, the way that the um, stained glass filters in it it, you can walk in there and and no matter where you stand at the time of day and stuff it looks different every single from every single vantage point Mm -hmm. it is just stunning yeah so let me ask you when you when you come back from a trip like this where you've been so wowed by the people and the the architecture and the you know just it's like bigger than life, you know, like you've gone to another planet mm-hmm. and come home. Tell, tell me a little bit about what it's like to re-enter after a trip like that. I think that one of the things that you really realize is just how young the United States is. We don't have things like that, <laughs> yeah. you know, that are just so ancient and these old, like, the neighborhoods in Spain are called barrios. So the little tiny winding streets, you know, with the flowers draping over the windows and stuff like that. And just all these ancient ruins and cathedrals that you can walk right past in the middle of a otherwise metropolitan area. It It's impressive, okay. the history that's intact there and how far it dates back. Um, and it... F- it reminds me coming back home, going through your going back to your routine, whatever. It's like, oh, like it reminds me how important travel is because how we connected with all these people, and even though it is so different, and that in Spain is much different than than the U.S. and in Nashville and all that, we, you know, there's still so many things in common that that we all have. You know, this love for food and having fun, like especially when you're traveling. And it's it just reminds me how important travel is for for everybody. You know, people that don't travel and just get stuck in their own bubbles, they they're stuck. They're closed minded. It's and it's not. I don't think it's a very good way to live. <laughs> you know. Well, it definitely opens up so many new ideas. Um, you know, just all of that to and you know, and I tell people too, it it's. You don't have to go to to Spain to have that experience. You can go no. to Mississippi and mm-hmm. meet people who speak almost a different language and mm-hmm. eat different foods. But to be able to step out, plan, mm-hmm. save, dream, you know, and and have this passion that we want to be a part of all of that and bring it back. And Melissa, for you especially, you know, being the uh, editor of WNC Magazine, this beautiful publication that's all about travel mm-hmm. uh, here in Western North Carolina. Uh, how do you kind of assimilate back? Because here you've gone to these beautiful places, but then you come back and you're so fortunate to be in a in an environment that is also so beautiful. Oh yeah, I, you know, I, I've all when I, all the trips that I go on, I end up comparing other places to. Asheville. And when I realized that I was 
doing that, I thought, wow, I really do live in a very special place because this is where I want to call home. I like to travel, but this is home. Um, yeah, and we've just got so many riches here. There's so much natural beauty. There's so much to do. And it's been a real pleasure. And um, I've just loved getting to know Western North Carolina. We cover 24 counties, people, places, history, culture, foodways. Got it all going on. Yeah, it's fun. It's really fun. So tell us the website for WNC Magazine. It's just wncmagazine.com. That's easy. And you can find us there, and you can find out how you can subscribe to the magazine if you're interested. And Perfect. And Ryan, tell us about the uh, how we can get more information about the music school. AshevilleMusicSchool.org is our website. You guys, easy. So where are you (laughs) off to next? We are going to um, Guana, which is an island in the Bahamas, for Thanksgiving. Wow. <laughs> some that yep. sounds lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wish you happy travels. I want to thank you both for being here on the show today and telling us about this amazing journey you had to Spain. And I'd love to have you back sometime. We could do a whole series just on you guys. Where are you going? <laughs> Where have you it. been? What's going on? So thank you, Melissa and Ryan Reardon. Thanks, thank Marilyn. you, Marilyn. You yeah. bet. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel. Hey, go out and have a wonderful week. You know, try something new. Try some paella. Look it up. It's so delicious. And remember, as you step out into the week, Don't postpone joy.